you are listening to Take Charge podcast, host by Anthony Joseph. And we are back in new episode with Dr. Anan. This is our first episode into 2024 and definitely it's not going to be our last. Uh, following the comments we've been having on our YouTube channel, lots of people are asking us what is D33. And for that reason, let's start with this one. If you can, doctor, explain it to us. All right, great. Okay. D33 is actually the short form. It's actually Dubai Economic Agenda 2033. Now, that is the vision that the ruler has got for Dubai in terms of how the economy will grow over the next 10 years. The announcement of D33 was made on 4th of Jan last year. Now, why 4th of Jan? 4th of Jan is the date when Sheikh Mohammed had his ascension as ruler of Dubai. So he made a promise that from now onwards, every 4th of Jan, he will make some announcement with a vision for the future. In fact, 10 days ago, 4th of Jan, he announced the social agenda, the Dubai social agenda, 33, which we will cover maybe in another podcast. It's just 10 days. A lot of details are not yet out. But to go back to D33, uh, Sheikh Mohammed's agenda is to make sure Dubai remains in the top three cities with the goal of hitting number one. We are already a number three in terms of the top 10 power cities globally. The Economist Survey, August of last year, has put us in the number three position. So Now, the D33 agenda has got multiple pillars on which it is built. And they are all very strong as contributors eventually for uh, real estate in Dubai. Let's look at them. The first one is the goal is to double the econ- the GDP, the growth rate, the foreign trade in Dubai, uh, double it by 2033. Currently, we stand at 14.2 trillion. And the goal is to go to 32 trillion in the next 10 years. Realistically, the target is 26.5 trillion. So it's literally going to double in the next 10. So the economy is going to be very, very strong. That is the D33, uh, part of the uh, agenda for D33. The second thing is to be able to double the number of cities on our foreign trade route. We are at the moment doing investments and business with 400 cities. We are planning to add 400 more cities. So literally, a lot more of the world is going to be coming in close business contacts with Dubai. The third thing is to double the foreign direct investments in Dubai. We are looking at going up to 650 billion within the next 10 years, increasing about 30 billion every year, because increasing by 30 billion. Currently, it's around 30 billion, 29 billion. So we are adding another 30 billion. So around 60 billion every year is the target. Can we have a kind of example of the investment? Of an investment? Okay, great. Actually, that's a good question. Uh, The type of investments that Dubai is looking for are called greenfield investments. Now, the difference between greenfield and brownfield investments is a brownfield investment does not require a large uh, financial investment in the country. You come in and use the ecosystem which is already there. So, for example, it could be a large multinational company. They come in, they partner with, say, um, Majid Al-Futhaim or uh, Al-Gurair, So you already have the infrastructure for business set up for you. Factories are in place, logistics, channels of distribution, marketing, brand value and perception. So you just come on to that and you get into JVs and ventures. It does require financial investment, but not the same. A greenfield investment, which is what Dubai is looking at, and we are number one in the world on that, is where a large multinational company comes in and they start the investment from scratch. Examples could be, When Toyota moved into Mexico, they did not partner with a large local brand. They set everything up from scratch. They built their own factories, 
created their own labor forces, built the accommodations for them, created their own logistics channels, etc. Now, that requires a very large amount of investment. So the message is very clear. When a company comes in with a greenfield investment opportunity, it's very clear that they're there for the long haul. Because they're putting so much of money, hundreds of billions will come in. It's going to take them a good 20 years before it starts to pay them back. So a greenfield is always more powerful than the brownfield investments. Sheikh Hamdan made this announcement last year in July, where he talked about how Dubai has become number one on the planet because we had 511 greenfield investment projects. Number two, Singapore with 186 325 projects behind us. So for every one project that Singapore announced as Greenfield Foreign Direct Investment, Dubai announced four. The source of this data was the market FDI data from the Economic Times and the Financial Times. Uh, The article came out in August of last year. So in terms of foreign direct investment, we are looking for the greenfield opportunities, long-term players. And these companies are coming in because the D33 agenda is looking at doubling the economy. There is no country on the planet that has got an agenda now to double the economy. We had a 4.1% GDP last year. If you look at the world average, it was one7 We were literally two and a half times above the world average. The two strong economies at that time growing was India and China. India at 4.5, China at 5.5. We are projecting an additional 3.9% this year on top of what we were doing. So uh, part of that is coming from these large international giants that are coming into the business. So that's what we mean by foreign direct investment. So look at the vision. The vision is to double the greenfield investment opportunities, which means doubling the long-term commitment to the investments in Dubai. That's this part is of why the- we're seeing like lots of companies, they're moving headquarters in here and they're, they're establishing it and they're getting lots of accommodation for their staff. Like we're getting inquiries and the 200, 300 uh, inquiry for each company to accommodate their staff. So it's a very uh, clear indication that where it's going to. Okay. In addition to that, so while the agenda is focusing on doubling the economy, focusing on doubling the foreign direct investments, doubling the number of cities that we are going to be doing business. They're also opening three new economic corridors. We already are part of the corridor with China, the new Silk Road, Silk Belt initiative. But now Dubai is going to be opening three economic corridors, Africa, opening Latin America and the Far East Asia. These are the three, and they are significant. Africa, we know, is one of the emerging economies of the world today. I mean, China is already in for the last 10 years in that place. Now the UAE is looking at that, Dubai in particular. Uh, Why Latin America? We are now officially into BRICS. And if you look at the members, the key members who set it up, you've got Russia in there, you've got China in there, you have India in there. No one can question the business power that you're going to see where China, Russia and India have come together. They've got Brazil and South Africa. Now they've invited the UAE, Saudi Arabia and Iran. Do you know how powerful that is going to become against the European Union or the US? Even if you want to compare population, they're already... (laughs) (laughs) Way ahead, way ahead. So because of that, because of now being included into BRICS, we are opening a new economic corridor into Latin America. Southeast Asia, we already know, we have seen the impact in Dubai of the Asian countries very actively involved in here. 
So these three new corridors are going to be part of the D33 agenda. Part of the D33 agenda is also focusing on creating new jobs and in new industries. So therefore, you're going to see a huge jump in the population coming here. We're anticipating an average of 250,000 new people, residents coming in every year for the next 10 years. And that's only till 2033. We will go to 6 million. We will go to 7.8 million by 2040, which we can have as another podcast at some point. But our focus right now is how do we have enough homes for 250,000 new residents in Dubai every year for the next 10 years? We are short of homes in the affordable as well as the ultra high net worth category. World class universities, the top universities is now going to be targeted. We already have some of the very, very good universities in the world represented in Dubai, in the academic city and in the knowledge village. But now we are going after the big boys who haven't come in here. You know, the, the Harvards, the Yales and those kind of universities. We need to be bringing them in the MITs. So again, when these universities traditionally have not gone to any other country, they will come to Dubai. That is going to be a very strong testament of confidence in the government, the vision of the city. That is part of the agenda because world-class education is where you develop the intellect and the thinking capabilities of your own city. That's what we want to be holding in here. There's the sandbox, the Dubai sandbox, which probably is something I'll take as a separate question on this. So these are some of the some of the uh, items on the agenda of D33, which is really putting Dubai way ahead of the others. Sheikh Mama's vision is very clear. We have to remain in the top three cities and we will eventually work our way up to number one. But I'm sure anybody will agree that when you are clocked as one of the top three cities in the world, you are definitely doing something right. All investors want a piece of this pie. Especially that this city is so young comparing to Absolutely. <laughs> the other cities that Absolutely. have been around for over 500 years. Doctor, tell me something. Um, regarding, as you said, like we have a shortage of homes. We, have, we are still seeing a very big volume of transactions happening in the city. So from January until date, we have over 4,000 transactions. 4,500 transactions in just nine days. Remember the first week of this year, we had only four days of registration. Correct. So in nine days of registration, not including today, in nine days of, uh, days of registration, 4,500 transactions. We did 14.5 billion dirhams with the average registered uh, unit value of 3.2 million. 79% of this was cash and 21% is mortgage. 3.2 million per unit. This is like $850,000 for the audience that don't understand their hams. Which yes, is but we have to also be real about it. When you have, because the ultra high net worth have started coming in, you can see all the branded top end launches starting to happen. So they can in some way inflate the numbers. A simple example. Let's say I sell a 1 million unit and I sell about... 19 units. I'm just going to make it easy. 19 units, 1 million. The average transaction is 1 million per unit. And then my 20th unit that I sell is 21 million. Yeah. Now, I've got... Uh, 21 plus 19, 40 million from 20 transactions. The average value per transaction has gone to 2 million. Yeah. So that's what's happening. That is why we need to be a little careful because it does freak a few people. 3.2 million as an average is expensive. But it isn't really that. But that's the market average. But you need to understand the average for 
the bulk of the transactions, the 85 to 90%, and then there's this 10% that actually takes the number sky high. You know, the city has been built on um, everything special, and it's because of the demand of people that they just don't want to be buying in regular residential units. They always wanted to feel there's something special. That's why we're seeing this rise of the collaboration between developers and brands. Uh, we're not going to give examples because there's hundreds of those, you know, and they keep rising in the city. Yeah. So this is also what's affecting the market in terms of sales that people are loving the branded residents way more than the regular residents and they want to be in it. They want to have that exclusivity. They want to have those facilities where it's premium, it's different than the, the different buildings. Yeah. See, in every market, a product can only come in if there is a demand for it. So if all of these are coming in now, why were they not coming in, say, 10 years earlier? Because we now have a new type of buyer that has showed up, particularly in the last three to four years, post-COVID, based on how we handled it. We have seen this huge millionaire migration where now they are selecting Dubai or UAE compared to their own countries where they come from. Because one, not only do they see the economy as solid, we are the second most stable economy in the world. The US News and World Reports announced this three weeks ago. Switzerland is number one, UAE is number two. So we have a stable economy. We have an economy that's absolutely smashing the average GDPs across the globe. We've got safety where we are now for the third year running the safest and the cleanest city. We also have the quality of the lifestyle today. The way we looked after our people uh, during COVID has convinced many of the millionaires to come in here. Now, this is really interesting. Henley and Partner Reports, HNP will give us the information. We had 4,500 millionaires just last year alone. Now, why is this important? You see, these are the millionaires. They can buy themselves into any country. Residency programs requiring two million, they can easily put the money on the table, walk in with their families and build their life there. But they are choosing Dubai because it isn't, it's not just the, res the residency program does not attract, does not attract the millionaires of the world. It attracts the middle income families who think of getting another passport with that. The millionaires of the world can go anywhere. So the, uh, the visa is not attracting. It's the lifestyle, the safety, the business opportunities. And because of that, in the last few years where we are always in the number one or number two, the need for these people is not a regular villa community or an apartment. They want the signature homes. And that is the reason why we now have shortage in homes of $10 million and above. And developers are now giving that kind of a product in the market. And we're short. On them, they're all going. Today, $10 million and above home value, we're number one on the planet. Last year, we were number four, we're number one this year. Speaking of this, tell us about the migration and the emigration in the city. Okay. All right. So firstly, for those who may not be familiar with the terms, immigration is when people come into your country or city to live, to live here. They're not the tourists. Okay. So we had 14 million tourists last year. They don't, they're not what we count as immigration. Immigration is people who come take a residence visa in the country. Now, emigration is when people leave the country, they're not coming back. So there was a study conducted by Top Move. Simply put Top Move in Google, you'll get it. Top Move actually looked at population emigrating, leaving countries, not coming into it. And there were four criteria that they looked at. One was the actual percentage of people leaving. The second thing they looked at was the quality of the lifestyle in those cities or countries. 
The third thing they were looking at was the cost of living, which is interesting because a lot of people are complaining prices are going up, prices are going up. Dubai has become expensive. But when you hear the numbers in the study, it's quite, it's quite surprising. The same guy who's saying it's expensive is not leaving Dubai. And then the fourth uh, criteria was happiness levels. These were the four, cost of living, lifestyle, happiness levels, and percentage of people leaving. The country with the lowest emigration rate in the world is the UAE. 99.37% of the people said we don't want to leave. 99.3%. Japan came in second at 98%. The US is sitting in the fourth place. But this is very clear. Regardless of what people say on the ground, when you go to them and ask them, would you, would you want to leave the UAE and live somewhere else? They're saying no. Now, what does this mean to us in real estate? It's opportunity. These people are going to be living here for the rest of their lives. They're going to buy homes. Many of them will still keep renting for many years to come. So for any investor, golden period, don't wait for it. Come in and pick up your property. And following the, the Fed's announcement of dropping those LTVs and the rates, sorry, the rates, so means like all of these tenants, they have the opportunity nowadays to becoming landlords. They have the opportunity to becoming investors. They have the opportunity to be using that from the bank, which is also is another booster of it. Hmm. I would separate the two here. Yes, I completely agree that it's now giving a lot more opportunity for people to own homes. Investors largely wouldn't do that. Because if I'm an investor, the only thing I'm really focusing on is my returns, either appreciation or long-term rental yield. But that gets destroyed when I'm taking a mortgage. Because firstly, to avail of the mortgage, it means I'm picking up property which is ready. I'm already paying a whole lot more than I should have. People who bought it three years ago have made between 70 to 100% on it. I'm already losing as an investor. I would not take that kind of property. Secondly, with the interest being added onto the mortgage, it just became even more expensive. So the I don't make good capital appreciation. So my returns when I sell it would not be great. The serious hardcore investors are coming in at the launches or in a month after the launch and they're picking it up because they'll get the highest possible return. But homeowners, absolutely. Now, since it's going to become more attractive, the, rent, the mortgage values, they will go to pick it up. To support that, the 10-year golden visa for just 2 million in property is making it even more encouraging for these people to come in. So yes, we definitely see. In fact, the whole of last year, we've been seeing it happening even when interest had not yet come down. We call these the first home buyers. So there's been this huge new trend in Dubai, which is first home buyers. Now, first home buyers are usually going to go for homes which are not in the super high end. Anything that's in the 4 million, 5 million, these people have already bought their homes in the past. They don't even need the mortgages. The first home buyers definitely need the mortgages. So they're looking for homes in the range of 1 to 2 million. They're all going. That's why Arjan, JVC, JVT, uh, Furjan, the Dubai South area, Town Square, Business Bay, Dubai Land, all have become very, very popular now because the first home buyer is buying something where he's not going to take that kind of risk and he's looking for a mortgage. So yes, you will see a lot of mortgages coming out on these homes and the demand is there for those, uh, those areas. And that has again happened because the rents have been jumping a lot, right? We had 23% last year, projection of 20% this year. Now, what we need to understand is that the rents are going up for two reasons, not one. 
There's two reasons. One is there is a new influx into the city. There's more and more new residents coming in who are becoming part of the Dubai landscape. So because new people are coming in, it is only natural that the demand for accommodation goes up. Therefore, the rise in rent. That is easy to explain. There is a second factor, very, very critical, is the rental migrations. So what's been happening in Dubai, because the rents are going up since the new people are coming in, as well as the millionaires of the world are coming in, we're seeing a shift in pattern. People who are renting at 300,000, for example, on the Palm, Palm Jumeirah, are now finding it a little expensive to do that. So what are they doing? They're migrating into other waterfront communities, like say a Dubai Marina, where I don't mind putting 230,000 rather than putting 400,000 that the landlord is asking. So they come to Dubai Marina because it is slightly lower, they are willing to pay more. That makes the landlords in Dubai Marina say, instead of getting 180, 185, I can ask for 230, there are people to take it today. So because of the lifestyle migration that is happening, Prices are, sorry, the rental requirements are growing up. Those who are in the waterfront communities, maybe say just a Dubai Marina, moved into the JLTs and the business base. Those in the business base and the JLTs have moved into the Arjans, the JVCs, or they're going into Dubai land. So this migration is causing people with more rental power coming into the smaller areas. As a result, it is causing the landlords to raise the asking price there. So there is a major influence on the rents going up, besides the fact that people are just coming into the city. So both these are doing the contribution. Just want to mention something before we jump to a different topic. Regarding what you were saying, uh, smart investors are using prime stay, even though if they are taking 5% interest from the bank, we are managing to be making over 10%. So they are still playing with someone else's money if they want to accumulate property. I was wondering when you were going to yeah. bring prime stay into this. <laughs> Doctor, what are the newest trends that are coming now in the city? Okay, I think one of the new trends, like we said, is this new home buyer that's showed up, right? We are seeing more and more of new buyers. So uh, for them, you have to have a very different approach. These people are nervous buyers. They're anxiety buyers. They're, they never bought before. They never took mortgages before, even if they could have, because these people did not want to take risk. They're now being put into situations where they have no choice. So they're coming in with some sort of anxiety. I think for us as brokers in the market, we need to be able to understand this. We need to be able to help them and make them come into this with peace of mind. Now, what is it that they have as a concern? They will never say it to you, but it is something like this. It's not these words, but this is something. I come to you and I say, hey, Anthony, I've never bought a home before. Now, this is not easy on me. I already know I'm paying a higher price because I'm looking at a home that's ready. So I'm already losing. Plus, I'm going for a mortgage, which is going to make the cost of my home even higher. I cannot afford a wrong decision. Once I lock in that mortgage and take it, I'm stuck. So help me with it. You are meeting 100, 200 home buyers every year. You know exactly what works. I don't. Help me with it. They'll never say this to you, but it's at the back of their mind. And if you as a broker can keep that at the back of your mind and show them that intent, you will get these guys to buy from you. We have to put ourselves in their shoes. They've never bought before. And if they make a bad buy, there's no way they can get rid of it right now. Yeah, and they will have a bad experience and they will tell all of their friends that they had a bad experience. And we, we have lots of those, especially what happened in the Russian market last year where lots of 
Russian brokers uh, started telling people, buy this property, I will flip it to you in two months and you're going to be making 30%. And Yeah, I think many of those buyers have ended up disappointed because you can see they're taking the money out of the market. Yeah. Because the the dangers and the pressures they felt in the early months of the war are not there anymore. So many of them are actually putting their homes in the market and they are getting out of the market. So yes, that's happening. Now is when they will find out, did they actually make money or not? Because many of them were told, yeah, 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 after 30%, you can actually do it. And then the developer saying, sorry, 50%. So there is a bit of that disillusionment which will come. So that's one thing we're seeing in the trend. The second trend that we're seeing is people now are <clears throat> willing to use digital currencies to also buy properties. Today, Dubai offers the facilities where at a very, very small percentage, you can get manager checks issued and you can convert the digital into cold hard cash. And most of the developers now are open to receiving it. So which means we are able to bring a lot of new buyers into the market who are looking to convert this digital asset into physical assets. That is happening now. We are also seeing right now that the sophistication of the type of communities coming up is getting much, much higher because we are attracting the best in the world. In just the last six months alone, even if you look in areas like JVC, JVT, Arjan, the number of buildings coming up with private pools, every apartment with water living. So it's telling you, you don't really need to be at a waterfront and pay through your nose for it. We'll give it to you in your own balconies. So you're finding so many launches in these areas are coming up with the pools in the apartments. It's just become a big thing. And many of them are actually creating certain villas. I just don't want to take names of developers, um, but they are creating a concept where we give you the outdoor lifestyle along with the inside lifestyle. They're calling them sky villas, aqua villas and things like that. Very good, large outdoor spaces, multiple balconies, uh, swimming pools in there. So you have the outdoor lifestyle that you could only experience in a villa. Living in a building and coming down to the community pool is not a villa experience, right? So what we do is while we still have that, we give you the jacuzzis and the pools in, on, in your own balconies. So we give you the outdoor lifestyle, the villa lifestyle, and we give you the indoor, the apartment lifestyle. So they're calling them aqua villas, sky villas. and There's a lot of these coming up. Also, another reason why... These developers have understood that the buying power has gone up since people are migrating. So what was expensive there is still okay for me here. And that's a new trend that I've seen that's been emerging right now. There's one more that's coming up, but it's still very early, but it's the, uh, the, buy, the buyback. Many developers are now considering offering you buybacks where within seven years or eight years, we literally guarantee we buy back from you. So you come in with zero risk, enjoy certain benefits and appreciations, and we buy it back from you within eight years. So they're giving confidence to these new buyers that, hey, here's what we can do for you. The 1% plans, which have been around with two or three developers largely, is now the song everybody's singing. Why do you think they did that? When you have the new buyers coming into the market, the people who are going to take either a mortgage, it doesn't matter here. But there are people who will still come as an off-plan concept, even if I'm renting, but I want to pay very little. But I don't want to go for a mortgage. You see, the challenge with a mortgage now is I have to have a certain credit score. I need to have no other liabilities or minimum liabilities because the bank will only give you money based on that. 
So I can, and the documents, the whole process is so much. So I have to sit like this and, and you hope have to it be happens. in a company that existed for over two years. You yeah. cannot just join the company and say, I have 40, 50,000 salary. It's yeah. regardless, doesn't matter. Yeah. So the challenge is, I don't know if I'll get the mortgage. There's so many things that I have to meet as criteria. But one person plan, please walk in, we'll give you the unit. So I know I'll pay a little more, that price will be different, but it's almost, I give you seven years, I give you eight years. It's like a mortgage that you will get where you are able to pay it off with not the same interest uh, challenge with the bank, but at the same time, I don't need those documents. It's like the developers became bankers. They were like, we will have our own finance, we will have our own anything. And anyway, like once the developer collects 25, 30% as a down payment, they are good. The rest is just like a matter of time. And the reason why did this come in? Because we saw the new buyers come from last year. These are people who will be attracted through these things. That's why you'll see this in the areas like the JVTs, the Arjans, the Fuljans and uh, JVCs. Because those are the places where the new buyers are looking to go. So the 1% is attracting them there. Getting us back to this topic, uh, what are we seeing nowadays? People are more fond into getting secondary or primary market. Because when you see the figures from the land department, you always feel like they're kind of the same. There's not much difference between the two. Okay, actually, it is not, it's not the same. If you look at the numbers, it's very clear. The moment you see uh, cash, last year, 59% was off plan, 41%. So you're... Close, but still there was a big gap in there. But both are doing extremely well now. Why? The secondary market is doing well because new buyers have come in. New people are coming into the city. The 10-year golden visas have kicked in. So inventory that is being handed over now is also being swallowed up quicker. So yes, secondary market is doing well from that perspective. Primary is doing well because of the D33 agenda. And with the vision of the city going forward, all investors want a piece of that pie. I mean, every single launch is selling out. Every single launch. The political situations in countries around us, the wars that are going on, the global economic situations, none of them seem to be having an impact on Dubai because while everything is going south, we're going north where the cheese is, right? It's happening right across. So both are growing. So what is happening now, especially with, you see, launches have been high profile in the last three years. So there's a lot of drama out there that has overshadowed what's happening in secondary. Secondary is doing absolutely well. There are handovers, but the papers are saying we're short of homes. So the homes are being swallowed. It's just that there's so many launches happening right now. When you look at those numbers and you see, okay, 79% cash, a lot of that being off plan, 29, uh, uh, 21% only mortgage, you tend to get the feeling that they are running away. But no, the volume of transactions is overall going up. We've had two record years, two record years. And in both is last year, particularly secondary has done well. And once the announcement came out that it's in 2 million, you get the uh, residence visas. It immediately brought the attention of people. Now we have announced about 10 days ago that if it's a 1 million property, you get a five-year visa. So all of this is done to help that first buyer to get the confidence and to swallow the smaller units in the market. Even on 750, you get the investor visa. Two years. It uh, cannot get any any better than this. Like visas now are, uh, are becoming almost free. Yeah. So the fact is that all of them are booming. All over. The other day I had a broker ask me on camera like, which do you think is a good area in Dubai? My answer is simple. I said in Dubai, everywhere. Correct. It depends on who's the person. Correct. Everywhere is interesting. I don't believe anybody saying, you know, that's a crappy area. Let's put something that's not attractive and let's make monkeys of some people and buy. That doesn't happen in Dubai. 
I, I can vouch for this because I've been here for 10 years and I remember when I came, when people used to say GVC, I'm like, what is this? What is Arjan? Arjan, I've never heard of it. And we've seen this crazy elevation happening in all of the areas. So yeah, as long as you're buying in Dubai, you are in safe hands. You have nothing to worry about. Absolutely. Especially when you realize the next 10 years, what's going to happen in the city. If you're not buying in Dubai, that's when I think your money is not safe. Doctor, thanks a lot for this amazing episode. We're going to be seeing you uh, next week for sure. Thanks a lot. For sure next week. And we'll have something more exciting for our viewers. Yeah. You, you are listening to Take Charge Podcast. Host by Anthony Joseph.